Hello, and welcome in to another episode of Find the Edge with Cody and Nick. Coming at you with our best bets for week 14. Shout out to Cody for running our Tuesday pod solo. I had my first bout with the bid. Was no fun at all, but we are back. We're feeling good. I'm excited about this week. The pod is hot right now. Eight and two week in week 13, four and one for both the boys. How are we feeling about our picks this week, Coach? I'm feeling pretty good about four of them. I have four written down with some good notes, and then the fifth one I'm kind of mulling over a couple of options. So by the time we get there, hopefully I Ooh. settle on one. But I feel I have four that I feel pretty good about, and then Honestly, I have like seven I feel kind of good about this week. It's yeah, just narrowing like down lot. that last one. So, yeah, I like a lot of these lines. And um, there's a couple that feel a little trappy, which we'll obviously talk about as we go through some of these games. But overall, I mean, whenever the lines came out, I felt like I had a pretty good edge on on a couple of them. And we have seen some good line movement. If you did tune into the uh, Wednesday podcast, the preview show, a lot of lines moved in the way that I was discussing, which I was pretty happy about when I – was reviewing them again last night, so uh, that's pretty sweet. But yeah, if you did get to tune into that one, you got 50 minutes of me by myself, and I got halfway through it, and I was like, I did not think it was going to take this long with just me by myself. What have I been talking about for 30 minutes? So sometimes you just get rolling, and uh, you know the time flies by, especially when you're talking football. But yeah, uh, before we jump off here, I wanted to update our records on the year. Cody, do you have yours in front of you? Uh, after yes, last I do. Four and one showing. I am 29, 23, and three. And Coates? 31, 22, and two. Some quick math would bring the pod to 60, 45, and five on the year, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So that without doing again any math in my head is well above 55 percent uh that last week really helped us kind of boost that percentage hopefully we can finish the year strong and have another winning season after coming through last year as well around 60 percent uh, uh as a podcast but cody why yep. don't you kick it off today give me your first best bet for sure uh including the vig i did the math we're up nine and a half units after a pretty big Hell week yeah. last week so we are we are cashing some tickets hopefully keep that rolling here this week uh but yeah let's jump into the bets and then obviously have a service academy game going on today we'll mention that under because there's some pretty crazy stats about that and then uh mizzou and kansas and in men's basketball later on this afternoon so got some stuff on that as well but first best bet of the nfl slate i'm gonna go ahead and take it i'm sure nick on this one as well but rams plus seven and a half at the ravens uh, love getting the hook on this one as well. I was surprised to see it hang around at seven and a half pretty much all week. So I will happily take that. Um, pretty crazy stat. Lamar Jackson does not have a single game of over 200 passing yards without Mark Andrews on the field. So when Mark, Mark Andrews is actually surprisingly pretty healthy, he does not miss games very often, only four in Lamar Jackson's tenure. But in those four, he has not surpassed 200 passing yards. The Rams defense has surprisingly been playing pretty good as of the last couple of weeks. Obviously a fringe playoff team, so they have a lot to play for, as well as the Ravens do as well, competing for the one seed. But I just feel like the the Rams have a good chance to go into Baltimore and keep this one really close. There is a little bit of the concern that Lamar just dominates the NFC because the NFC teams don't see him as frequently, but 
with no with no Mark Andrews, we see those passing stats come well come way down. I feel like he's not going to be as effective. You know, his wide receivers are starting to get going and starting to get better. We see OBJ getting a little better. We see Zay Flowers getting a little bit more comfortable, but definitely not a dominant number one pass catching option like they had with Mark Andrews. And then last last point, potential weather game in this one. We're expecting about 15 to 20 mile per hour winds, 100% chance of rain, according to Google. Um, and you would think that that should play into the Ravens. They've been a very run-heavy team. The Rams are currently third in the NFL. I'm sorry, Kyron Williams is third in the NFL among yards per carry at 5.1. The Ravens are fifth worst in the NFL in allowing 5.2 yards per carry to running backs. So the Rams, even in a bad weather game, may be able to run the ball a good amount in this one. And like I said, worst case scenario, keep it close. I have a sneaky feeling the Rams could find a way to, uh, to take this one on the road. Cody's right. This one is in my five Rams plus seven and a half at Baltimore. I uh, love getting the hook like Cody mentioned. Uh, yeah, I won't belabor this point too much, but I have a couple notes I wanted to add. Uh, Ravens, they've covered an eight of 12 games this year, but they are one and two as favorites of seven and a half or more. That's kind of continuing a trend uh, that's been longstanding with Lamar and John Harbaugh. They kind of cover to, or they struggle to cover big spreads. Uh, even at home. I've stepped in it a couple times with the Ravens so far this year, bet against them with Seattle uh, when they got blown out at home. And then um, I think there was one other game before that, uh, but we're going to go back to the well here for all the reasons Cody mentioned. Uh, again, yeah, dogs and low totals. We also like to take this over under, like Cody mentioned, with the weather is only 40. So getting seven and a half points in that sort of game is usually going to work out for you. 30% of bets on the Rams, 66% of money. So a huge, sharp lean here, and the public is on the Ravens. So everything pointing towards the Rams here from a, uh, a betting perspective. Absolutely. Um, do you do you have the Las Vegas Raiders as one of your picks? I do not. You do not? Okay, perfect. I'll go ahead and jump into that game then. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't going to – <laughs> that we didn't overlap too yeah, much. Yeah, it was in but... consideration, but yeah, go ahead. Cool, cool. All right, Raiders plus three. The Vikings are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm okay with walking into this one if it is a trap. I just cannot understand how the Vikings are road favorites, how Josh Dobbs is a road favorite. I know Las Vegas isn't necessarily the best home field advantage. A lot of teams, a lot of fans like to travel there, so it's usually a little closer to 50-50 than a true home field, but – even with that being the case, the Josh Dobbs experience has been what it is. There's a game where he kind of amazes, kind of wows, runs around, does some cool things, kind of cools off the next game, and then typically falls off a cliff and turns into the journeyman backup quarterback that he kind of has been throughout his career. So he kind of fell off the cliff in their last game. I kind of continue to, ex continue to expect that. Uh, obviously, they do get Justin Jefferson back, so we could see a little bit of a pop in the offense. That is something to be concerned about. But ultimately, I'm just going to bet against Josh Dobbs when I have the opportunity to, especially he's gotten a lot of public favor over this year with a couple of his performances. So uh, we do see a lot of public money coming in on the Vikings. Um, and then Minnesota defense has been playing a lot better, so that is a very good very good point if you are a Minnesota Vikings backer. But Ultimately, I think that the worst unit on the field could potentially be the Vikings offense if Josh Dobbs can't get it going. 
I'm getting three points. I'm getting the home team. This one just seems too easy to me, which is why I'm a little nervous putting it in. It could be a trap, but if I if I if Sunday passes us and the Raiders were to cover, I would be kicking myself for not putting this in my best bet. So Raiders plus three at home against the Vikings. Yeah, spot play, definitely uh, the right side from a betting perspective. Like you said, anytime you're getting three points uh, against Josh Dobbs, especially on the road, uh, it's pretty pretty good idea to take it. Uh, I think for some of the reasons you mentioned, uh, the fact that it stayed on three kind of made me a little worried. You I, Usually a game like this, you'd expect to come down to two and a half or two because you'd expect a lot of pro money to come in on the Raiders, but for whatever reason, it has not come down. Uh, but yeah, I don't mind it. I like just I really like a lot of games this week, so it didn't quite make it into my five, but I am right there with you. Uh, my next bet, next best bet is Jacksonville at Cleveland. We are taking the Browns minus three at home against CJ Beathard and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Cleveland defense is much different at home, ladies and gentlemen. I know they had a really two tough weeks out west against the Broncos and the Rams, but so far this year, the Browns. Points allowed at home, uh, three, three, 28 in that weird game where uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson had to start. Uh, basically, he, he didn't know he was going to start until an hour before the game played horrible, put them in a ton of short fields. That was also against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. So uh, I give them a bit of a mulligan for that one. 17 uh, to the 49ers, zero and 10. So that is four of six games. They have allowed 10 or less points. Uh, and the two games that they allowed more than that, again, 28-17 to Lamar and Brock Purdy. I don't know uh, what you think about C.J. Beathard, but I think he does not quite fall into that category. So uh, a healthier Cleveland defense here, getting their star cornerback, um, <laughs> no pun intended, but uh, heavy wins are expected in this one as well. So I really expect this Jaguars offense to struggle. And I think the Cleveland defense will do enough to get us to this minus three cover. Um, trusting the Cleveland defense at home here in this one, Cody. Yeah, I, I like this one quite a bit. This is one that was in consideration for my five spot. Um, looks like you can get it uh, at minus two and a half right now at – here, let me double check here. I'll click on lines. and see, yeah, see where it is. Uh, looks like that is at DraftKings. Looks like FanDuel and BetMGM are still at minus three, but if you go through DK, you can get it at two and a half right now, um, which is always pretty nice just to get that extra little bit of value. But, yeah, C.J. Beathard, it, he looked pretty bad whenever he came in, and I know obviously like you don't have the time to prep for it and you kind of just get thrust into the game, but it looked like he was looking at one or two reads and then trying to run as an unathletic quarterback and that game against the Bengals. So if that is the, his strategy going into uh, that Browns game, he is going to struggle. Miles um, Garrett has had a couple of slow weeks these past couple of weeks dealing with a shoulder injury. This could be a huge game for him to get back on the defensive player of the year track. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like the Browns minus two and a half. And I think C.J. Beathard is probably going to end up costing me a playoff spot in a fantasy football league because I was hoping I could rely on either Calvin Ridley or Zay Jones this weekend, but do not feel as confident about either of those anymore. So that is a little bit rough, but is what it is. Um, but, yeah, like I said, love the Browns minus two and a half. I think their defense dominates this game uh, by yeah. far the best unit in the game as well. Yep, good call. Um, uh, definitely second all of those points, Cody, if you want to hit me with your third. 
For sure, absolutely. We are going to Atlanta, Tampa Bay at Atlanta. I'm going to take the home favorite, Atlanta, minus two and a half in this one. Uh, betting on the Falcons is a very bad habit, and that's it is uh, unfortunately been – I have been one of the people to have caught on to this habit, but they are um, – they are, I want to say, my pros versus Joe's matchup of the week. 42% of bets on the Falcons, 77% of the money. So a lot of pros are on this one as well, a 35% lean at the time that I was taking my notes. Um, for me, honestly, Ritter's just a much better quarterback at home. Um, the Bucks' defense is much worse than it had been, you know, than what we were thinking coming into the season. They're bottom 10 in total scoring, and the Falcons are – Sixth and points given up. So, yeah, their defense is really good. Uh, But, yeah, ultimately, I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I think the Falcons' defense is able to hold the Bucs. The Bucs have not scored really over 20 points a lot in the past, you know, month and a half, two months. So, uh, we really are just looking for Desmond Ritter to find a way to get to, like, 21, 22, 23 at home, he's a lot better than he is on the road. You know, his completion percentage goes up about 8%. His touchdown to interception ratio is a little bit better. So hopefully we get that home bump from Ritter. Um, hopefully we get the Falcons defense playing their best football. This is one that I'm definitely a little bit scared about, but whenever you see that big of a lean, I'm just going to go ahead and ride with the pros on that one. So Falcons minus two. Looks like you can get them at minus two, but I'll take them at minus two and a half. That's what I have written down. So Minus two and a half against the Buccaneers. Yeah, I like it. I am going to the other NFC South bout this week. I am taking the Carolina Panthers plus six at the New Orleans Saints. We are continuing to fade Dennis Allen and Derek Carr as favorites. New Orleans is 0-5 at home so far this year against the spread. 0-4 as a favorite. Uh, this New Orleans defense that was, uh, it kind of reminds me of the Buffalo defense coming into this year. It's kind of a unit that you sort of just associate with being a, uh, you know, above average to elite unit. Uh, they've just lost a lot of pieces. Marshawn Lattimore on IR right now. Cam Jordan not expected for this one. Carolina's defense is 11th in yards per play and New Orleans is 16th on the year. So I think this Carolina defense might actually be better than New Orleans defense, even though I don't think many people would say that if you ask the casual NFL fan. So uh, I don't know if I trust this banged up Derek Carr led New Orleans Saints to move the ball too effectively against this Carolina Panthers team uh, that got their number one corner, J.C. Horn, back and has been uh, much better since. Obviously, New Orleans banged up uh, even beyond Derek Carr. Uh, he is expected to play in this one, but he is still questionable. Uh, like I said, got hurt last week against uh, the Detroit Lions. Taysom Hill, uh, I don't think is going to play. He has not practiced all week. Uh, Chris Olave and Alvin Kamara are going to be relied on heavily here, but uh, Carolina is going to be able to really focus their defensive attention there. And I like the uh, I like the changes Carolina made on offense last week. Uh, last week uh, with the new play caller taking over. Looks like they're focusing more on the run, kind of ticking some off of Bryce Young's shoulders. So hopefully they are able to keep this one close. I like getting six points in the divisional matchup, especially, again, against Dennis Allen and Derek Carr, who do not cover spreads, uh, like we mentioned earlier. 0-5 at home so far this year against the spread. 0-4 as a favorite. We will take the Panthers plus six. Yep, okay. This one and the Browns one were both in consideration for my five. I'm taking this one with you. I, I agree with Let's everything go. you just said 100%. Uh, 
yeah, I I got to – you can still get them at plus six. It looks like there's a lot of money coming in on them, so they may move down before game time. But it's been anything on, over yeah, five to grab I'm six. okay with. Yeah. Um, like you said, Dennis Allen – Dennis Allen's actually one of the worst coaches against the spread in NFL history. And then yeah. Derek Carr does not cover favorite – does not cover as a favorite whatsoever. So um, the only thing that kind of scared me off of this, just to be completely transparent, was I did hear from a couple of pro podcasts that, you know, the the Saints have something to play for. They technically are still not out of the NFC South race. Um, They're really up against the salary cap, you know, going into the next couple of years. So they would like to try and make something happen, but I just don't think they're a very good team. So, I yeah. mean, the, the Panthers are by far, I think, the worst team in the NFL right now. But, you know, they made some good changes on offense last year. Kept it, or Sorry, last week. Kept it close against the Buccaneers. Um, I could see them doing that the same against the Saints. So, I I don't think there's any world where Derek Carr and Dennis Allen is, deserve to be a six-point favorite. I don't care who they're playing against. Yeah, I totally hear that. Uh, obviously, the Panthers not in any sort of playoff race, but – um, I kind of keep coming back to that narrative. Uh, one, they're a young team. They, they're going to get better as the year goes on. Bryce Young, hopefully, uh, learning more and more as he continues to get starts under his belt. But they don't have their first-round pick next year. Not that that necessarily comes into play uh, for an NFL team week to week as far as uh, their effort level. But I think from an organizational standpoint, it focuses more. You know, They're not going to sit guys that – may play into their future as readily or so, you know, so something like that, you know, they're, they're not going to be looking towards next year as much because they, again, they're not going to be able to reap the benefit of being uh, one of the worst teams in the league. So uh, this is a team that's going to be fighting for wins down the stretch as well. I uh, also going to have a new coach. So going to have a new coach Coach next year. All All these players have a reason to play. They're technically all playing for their job at this point. There's no, no guarantees that certain players come back and stuff. So, yeah, I, I like the Panthers. I think they're going to get up for this one. And it's a divisional game. We're getting a divisional dog at six points against the worst coach against the spread in NFL history. So this is just a, an automatic play. Yeah. Profitable bet over the long term, I I, uh, I would imagine. Um, you, you're at four, right? So I'll just go with my fourth? Yep. Okay. Uh, I think you're going to like this one. Uh, Buffalo at KC. We are taking the Chiefs minus one here. Buffalo is two and six in one score game so far this year. Their two wins are against the Tyrod Taylor-led Giants in a game that they probably shouldn't have won uh, because of a controversial pass interference on the last play of the game. And then the Baker Mayfield-led Bucks on another play where uh, if Chris Godwin had turned around and just caught the Hail Mary, they might not have won that game either. So Buffalo has really struggled in these one-score affairs, just always seem to come out on the wrong side of it. Now they have to go to Kansas City and uh, potentially win one of these games against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, I think you just got to trust Mahomes in this spot, especially at home. He's very, very good at covering short spreads. Uh, We've talked about this a lot. Not great at covering the large spreads. Uh, We faded him last week against the Packers, ended up taking that one outright. But um, that's that's kind of just been the trend with the Chiefs over the past couple of years with Mahomes at the helm. Keeps it. These games always just kind of end up close, but Mahomes finds a way to win. So if you've got him at three or under uh, as a favorite, you take it. And uh, I don't. I just don't understand how this uh, how this number keeps coming back towards Buffalo. 
Uh, I wanted to be on the Bills in this game, uh, just kind of coming into the week, because I thought I was going to get them at three, three and a half, uh, maybe four. But this number has just come too far down for me. So I have to take the Chiefs in what is basically a pick at this point at minus one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think everything you said makes total sense. I wanted to be on the Chiefs as well, but I try and stay away from betting on the team I root yeah, for. Just don't wanna don't wanna have a, a bad Chiefs loss and then also take a loss on my record here. So stayed away from it. And then I also have a little future on the Bills to win the Super Bowl because you can get it at fifty to one right now. So yeah, kinda need the Bills to to win this the game if they're gonna get in. So that's the um, right? Is that the Bills are going to be desperate for this one? The Chiefs don't yeah. need it per se, but I mean they they do need it. This yeah, is, they do. Uh, the, the number Absolutely. one seed is really really important. We've seen that uh, the last couple of years with the new format in the NFL. Uh, if the Chiefs want that one seed, they basically have to win this game and probably win out, being eight and four right now. Uh, a couple of nine and three squads uh, between the Dolphins and the Ravens. I think they'd have the tiebreaker with both those teams. I imagine uh, both of them, Miami has a tough schedule heading forward, uh, and the Ravens, they play on the road against San Francisco at some point. So I think if the Chiefs win out, they should should hold that one seed. So they have a lot of motivation to win this game as well. I don't really buy that narrative that the Bills uh, need this one more than the Chiefs do necessarily. Yeah, absolutely. The Chiefs definitely need it. They need to get on track. I mean, they are... They have not looked good over the past month. Um, you know, their defense obviously has been playing solid, but their their offense has been very, very bad. So, last um, seven last seven times the Chiefs have lost a game. Uh, Mahomes seven and zero straight up after after a loss. So, uh, bang, yeah, there you they, go. They they bounce back well. Absolutely. Um, okay, my last one here. I got Houston at the New York Jets. We are just going to take under 33 and a half. Uh, unders of 37 or less since the start of 2020 are now 25, or sorry, 23, 6, and 1. So both, uh, you know, that's a nice little trend that's been going on. Both the per- percentage of bets and percentage of money are on the Texans, which I thought was kind of odd because I figured that a lot of pros would be coming in on this Jets team, uh, just waiting for them to cover one of these games eventually. Uh, but just seems like I, I don't. It seems like no one can get a real good feel. I mean, they're. I I wanted to bet on the Texans, and then I listened to one podcast that just said that was the squarest bet of the week that the pros are going to be on the Jets side. But if you look at the percentage of bets and money. It kind of it doesn't really necessarily say that, but the Jets have, are zero and five against the spread in their last five. Uh, I think like one and seven if you go back to the last eight. So they just have not been covering whatsoever. When I see something like that against a team that's about as high as can be right now with the Texans, they get there's good there's bound to be something funky happening there. So I think the smart bet on the spread would be the Jets side. I'm not ever going to recommend betting on the Jets and put your hard and hard earned money on, on this yeah. Jets team. So I'm just going to take the under. Uh, like I said, unders of under 37 have been hitting pretty good. Uh, on on the Texans side, you know, rookie quarterback just lost what I think is his number one option. If you you know follow the Texans oh, yeah. at all, you know that he basically was like, I want you to go draft Tank Dell after they were throwing together at the combine or running routes together at the combine. Um, we get, still get a top tier defense in the Jets. One thing that has been pretty incredible, which I think say a uh, good thing for Robert Sala, is this defense has not given up, and they've had a good enough reason to give up for 
four or five weeks now between Zach Wilson, Tim Boyle, and Trevor Simeon. Uh, you could argue maybe against Miami in that second half, but after they gave up that pick six to to end the the first half, it was pretty. They they pretty much knew it was over. They weren't going to be able to come back with their offense. Um, and then also, last but not least, both teams are four and eight to the under this season. So both teams have have pretty good defenses, which help that quite a bit. And then the Texans are really the only offense that you're really scared about putting up a bunch of points. But against the Jets defense, I think they hold them to a good amount. Like I said, it's kind of a sneaky letdown spot for the Texans. So under 33 and a half will be my fifth best bet of the week. Yeah, another weather game as well. Should be high winds and rain in this one, similar to the Baltimore matchup uh, just a little bit south of this game in New Jersey. So good call there on the under. Uh, There's another stat that I saw earlier this week that in games with winds of 10-plus miles an hour, uh, unders are like 18-5-1 since the start of last year. So those games usually crash down. Uh, Their totals do, but they just don't come down far enough. Uh, high winds are very detrimental to passing games and can make things really tough for NFL offenses. As we've seen uh, this number. Yeah. Like you said, it was minus six to the Texans earlier in the week came all the way down to three and a half. I'm surprised to see all the pro money on the Texans because that would suggest that, uh, you know, the line movement was towards the jets there. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe there was some other book that picked up a large bet towards the jets and everybody else has followed, but. On, on Action Network, it says 83% of money on the Texans. I That's one I just don't believe. I, I think that there's definitely a lot of money coming in on the Jets. Every pro podcast I've Jets. listened to has mentioned the Jets as one of their bets of the week. So it's just crazy to me yeah. that they'd have that much money on the Texans. And like I said, it's just kind of one of those spots where you just know something funky is bound to happen in this game. Exactly. Which pros pick up on that a lot faster than the public's going to. So... I feel like there's, that one's just a little a little iffy for me, even by you know the Action Network statistics. Yeah, when when the, when the line moves that much, that's one of those like the 49ers game last week where yep. you're either betting with the side that moved or you're just staying away, uh, which is what we're doing here, uh, in in my opinion, especially just because we've been burned by the Jets uh, so far this year, uh, two or three times. I'm not going back to that well. Packers at Giants, my last best bet of the week. We are taking Tommy DeVito and the G-Men at home, plus six and a half. Feels like a bit of a sell-high spot for the Packers. They looked fantastic on Sunday night football against the Chiefs last week. You know the public is going to want to back them here in this spot. I've seen some sevens out there. If you want to wait, I think this thing might tick up. I don't see it really coming back down. Uh, if it does, you know, it's not going to not gonna crawl past six, in my opinion, and that's still a pretty good number here. Um, so I might wait on this one uh, and just hope it ticks up to seven because it would be nice to get the full seven here, but I will still take it at six and a half right here. Uh, Giants games have hit the under in all five home games this year, over under only 37 points in this one. If it does go under, uh, six and a half points is going to prove pretty valuable here. Uh, no Watson for Green Bay. I think that's kind of a big component of this new offense that they've been running. He really kind of uh, brings a different element that none of the other receivers on this team uh, can bring. Got a banged up Jaden Reed. He has played the past couple weeks, but still has not been practicing. He hasn't really been playing a full allotment of snaps either. Dylan, uh, AJ Dylan and Aaron Jones, both questionable heading into this matchup. They may both play, but neither is 100%. 
So we've just got a pretty banged up Packers squad, especially on offense here, coming on the road against a Giants team uh, that's been playing a lot better of late, coming off their bye. Two straight wins. I think this defense has been improving as the year's gone on. Uh, again, yeah, six and a half points, just a lot for me on the road here in a matchup that should be pretty low scoring overall. I will take the Giants plus six and a half at home on Monday night. Yep, a super sharp bet. This That's one that was also actually in consideration for my last spot. I just did not have the stones to back Tommy DeVito. Um, but, yeah, this is a huge letdown spot for the Packers. So I'm right there with you on that point. Um, and, honestly, this Giants team, they're not they are not going to, you know, blow the doors off of any team, but they just find a way to kind of keep things close, keep things low scoring. Pretty solid on the defensive end. So I like that one quite a bit. And – I know that the over hit last Monday to hit the second over of the year on Monday Night Football, but there's a good chance that this one hits the under just based on this year's trend of unders on Monday Night Football. So take the team that's getting a full touchdown. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So, Nick, do you want to run through your five real quick? I'll run through my five and then we can kind of hit on some of these miscellaneous topics. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So I've got Cleveland minus two and a half. Thank you, Cody, for getting me that half point on DraftKings there against Jacksonville and C.J. Beathard. Rams plus seven and a half at Baltimore. Carolina plus six at New Orleans. Buffalo at KC. We are taking the Chiefs minus one at home. Green Bay at the Giants. We're taking the G-Men plus six and a half at home on Monday night. All right, wonderful. In my five this week, we have the Rams plus seven and a half as well, as well as the Carolina Panthers plus six. Then we're taking the Falcons at home favored by two and a half. The Raiders at home underdogs by three points. So Raiders plus three and then under 33 and a half in the Houston and New York Jets game uh, to round it out there. So I uh, like I said, I felt really good about four of them. I felt really good about seven bets overall on the week, and all seven of the bets I liked are made their way into our ten best bets this week. So feel pretty good about the pods chances. Um, and then I got to get out of here in just a couple minutes. So wanted to go ahead and just throw these crazy stats out here. Obviously, if you listen to the podcast this season, Nick had mentioned how good Service Academy unders have treated betters. Uh, over the years since the 2006 2007 season, Service Academy unders are 44 and 9, 83% hit rate. And in the last 17 matchups, the under is 15 and 2, which is 88%. But last year's Navy Army game was one of those two to hit the over. The over under set at 28. Nick, are you betting some on the under today? Absolutely. It's a free square <laughs> in the betting world. You have to follow it. Uh, like you said, the trends are just way too strong in this, uh, in this realm here. Uh, yeah. So I, I feel like that, that game that I bet earlier this year, the army and air force game, like that's one of those that if that doesn't go over, like these things are just, they just can't go over this, this game was 23 to three in an over under of 32 in the second quarter. And there was not one single point scored after that point. So these, yep. uh, these squads just get up for these games against each other. And they're obviously being in the military, just super athletic on both sides of the ball, but uh, the finer points of football, not necessarily uh, being executed at a high level here. So the defense has kind of went out. 
Absolutely. And then just another one I wanted to throw out there, Mizzou and KU are playing today. Mizzou is a 14-point underdog, so maybe not the sharpest play to bet on the Tigers against one of the best teams in the country, but I'm sure uh, – I mean, I'm definitely going to put a little bit on it. So if you want to ride with sure. me, bet, put a little bit on the Tigers. Maybe we'll maybe we'll shock the world and, and have ourselves a game today. But uh, Nick, did you have anything else you wanted to mention before we headed out? I was going to throw my teaser down real quick. Oh, uh, yes. These have absolutely. been a uh, tough ride for me of late, but uh, again, I am kind of trying to feel out these teasers. Maybe maybe not include it in next year's pod, but um, so if you want to just ride with me on my five bets and kind of wait out uh, me figuring out these teasers, I totally understand. But this week, I got a few bets in that I kind of liked uh, uh, on the auxiliary that I we're going to go ahead and throw in. Uh, on this teaser instead bears plus nine and a half like the three and a half number but the bears have turned into a bit of a public dog i'm a little worried that this thing's only stayed at three and a half i thought it would have come down to three because of the there's just been a lot of talk about the bears potentially winning this game but vegas still hanging that hook kind of baiting people to bet on the bears right now but we'll take them plus nine and a half in a what should be uh somewhat of a weather game as well maybe a little lower scoring uh broncos plus eight and a half Liked this thing a lot at three. Uh, another game that's had me that has me a little worried just because I don't know why the Broncos aren't. Uh, I think this should be closer to a pick 'em. Vegas sees something with the Chargers. Uh, I was going to have the Broncos in at plus three, but since it ticked down to two and a half, I'm kind of with Cody. Don't love betting on my boys and having the the double whammy when they uh, don't cover for me. So we'll just take them here at plus eight and a half. Eagles plus nine and a half. Uh, I like the Cowboys quite a bit in this game on uh, at home on Sunday. It's a good spot for them, but I uh, I don't see the Eagles losing by a huge margin here. Uh, last week against the 49ers was the first time since the playoff game against the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Bucks in 2021 that a Jalen Hurts-led team has lost by more than nine points. So I don't see them doing it twice in a row. We'll take them plus nine and a half. So that's Bears plus nine and a half. Broncos plus eight and a half, Eagles plus nine and a half for the teaser. Awesome, awesome. Sounds good. I feel like that one has a good chance of uh, getting going in the right direction. And like you said, teasers are you, you kind of got to get a feel of them because it's yeah. It's I mean, you know, anytime you're getting plus odds, you're you're most likely going to hit less than fifty percent of them, which I believe all these that you've given out are plus one fifty typically, right? They're plus one fifty. That's right. Yep. So. Yeah, if you're hitting two out of three, you know, if you can refine it and just get to two out of three, that's a super profitable bet. So I like them. Um, and then, yeah, honestly, with college football kind of slowing down, maybe I'll kind of build one next week as well for the people. But yeah. I got to get going to a graduation. So hate to jump out of here abruptly on you guys, but I got to get going. Nick, pleasure uh, talking to you this morning. Thanks for waking up and getting this thing knocked out. We will talk no to you guys though. later next week. Let's uh, let's have another eight and two week. Let's get this thing going down the street. Yeah, I'd be cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out, everybody.